welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge and welcome to The Dark Side of Your Emotional Needs, all about how the diverted drive for meaning can wreak havoc in our lives. Without meaning, we depress. With no purpose, we wither, we fade far from who we might be. But think of the reverse. When our lives feel meaningful, we're energised and focused. Even suffering is made more bearable because there's an end point, there's something we're working towards, there's a point to us and what we're doing. And it may be a very important sense of meaning that we have. We live in times in which many people, though, feel meaningless. Okay. Many of the old coherent belief structures, such as organised religion, have fragmented and diminished in daily life. Uh, we have, it seems, fewer providers of ready-made meaning. And many of the so-called secular religions, such as communism, have lost their appeal, certainly in the countries that had to live and die under them. Cynicism seems epidemic. Suicide rates, especially among young men, continue to climb almost exponentially. And we have entertainment aplenty, distraction in spades, material promise in abundance. But what's happened to meaning? How meaningful do people feel that their lives are now? Now, we can see meaning almost as the holy search for happiness. Religions, including the secular ones, were and are about being pious rather than becoming or being personally happy. Okay, so the point of a religion wasn't to make you happy. Okay, the point was to be a good person, do right by others and go to heaven perhaps. Follow the dictates of this or that religion and you will become good and acceptable. Serve the holy tenets of this or that political belief system to derive your meaning. Now I'm not saying whether religion or any other of the major political belief systems are true or not, but they certainly do and did provide people with a sense of purpose and meaning. As religion has declined in recent times, the idea of being happy as a goal in itself has become ingrained in our culture. Uh, live for yourself is the sort of refrain that we, uh, many of us, abide by. Okay. But happiness is often seen not as a byproduct of meeting needs or as an oscillating state of mind, but as some constant future state which will, once achieved that, will persist forever. Okay. So it's a very strange idea that we, you know, we seek uh, happiness for its own sake rather than seeing it as, as a signal that we're meeting emotional needs in some way. Now, the point is that to get, we need to give to some extent. Perhaps the drive to be happy or be successful has replaced a sense of service to a greater cause, which then produces success and happiness as byproducts quite often. Or I should say the part that serving a greater cause played in making people happier has been replaced by the idea that we can make ourselves directly happier without meeting our needs in balance, our emotional needs. This is in part, maybe in large part, due to uh, mass and massive consumerism, I think. But seeking to meet one's own greeds above needs doesn't seem to make people particularly happy. Actually quite the reverse. Now the problem is that it's hard to maintain a sense of strong meaning just by fulfilling personal, financial or material goals. Okay, just after a while it stops to feel at all meaningful. Okay. Or in fact by just focusing on the self at all. 
okay? That never feels ultimately meaningful to be too self-analytical or just think about yourself. Sure, you might look great or you have money to burn or a house to envy, but then what? What next? Okay. Now the problem is when people make idols of demons. Okay. It's been said that if we make an idol of something that doesn't have the qualities of a god, we and others will inevitably suffer. We all have a religious impulse, but trying to find meaning from inadequate sources won't work in the long term. In fact, the search to feel meaningful might have us flitting around like a crazed honeybee in an artificial flower factory. One client, Derek, told me how he had uh, constantly moved house because he felt the grass was always greener on the other side. Okay, continually, continually looking for something else that he didn't have now. Okay. He'd been a communist, which I thought uh, might have conflicted with his serial private property ownership, a libertarian, a Catholic, and lately a fitness fanatic. He tried all these different things. Each new enthusiasm was meant to make his life meaningful. And it did in the short term, but it never quite did it long term. He had made money and, and didn't need to work, but felt, he told me, empty inside. Okay. And, and I think that's echoed by lots of people's experience today. Derek epitomized the paradox of a search for meaning. Okay. So who are we doing this for? Okay. Searching for meaning, who are you doing it for? Paradoxically, unless we serve something for its sake and not for our sake, then meaning will shrink even as we try to approach it. It's like trying to get nearer to your own shadow. People often suddenly find their lives are filled with meaning when they acquire responsibilities. Okay. Doesn't mean that their life's easier, but it can feel more meaningful. Perhaps they have children or adopt some worthy cause, okay. or they suddenly feel needed in some other important way, and now their life has meaning. And even when times are hard, they can get through it because meaning drags you through all kinds of difficulties. I recall hearing about a project in a school in which antisocial older boys were asked to be responsible and mentor disaffected younger boys, okay, which seems um, anti uh, or counterintuitive. But the results, apparently the younger boys benefited from the mentoring, but not as much as the older boys who often relished their newfound responsibility and suddenly discovered a sense of meaning in their lives and they began to improve in all kinds of ways. So perhaps responsibility should be a human right, okay? It's, it's certainly um, a human drive, okay? It's just that it's the sort of thing we don't know that we want until we get it. Mind you, it does seem kind of old-fashioned to talk about the value of service, but that's really what responsibility and meaning are. We also, I think, need to distinguish between serving but not being subservient, okay? when we're responsible for something, we serve it, and it becomes more of a focus than we ourselves are. Manageable responsibility is wonderful for mental health. You know, I talk to clients about serving their talent, you know, so they don't have to feel abashed or under pressure about their talent. They're serving their talent. They're doing something for it. They're nurturing it. To feel needed helps us live longer and feel happier because of the meaning the responsibility gives us. Okay, research has found that, that people who feel meaningful, that their lives are meaningful, live longer. But unless what we worship has the qualities of a god, then religious-like fervent belief in it may just be a cul-de-sac. Okay. Now, the Nazis worshipped at the altar of their religion, 
their secular religion, and derived a huge sense of meaning from their divisive identity politics. But the religiosity that they demonstrated, the idol they worshipped most certainly didn't have the qualities of a god, or not a good god anyway. Fitness is great, but its worship can't meet as many needs as a more all-encompassing faith or focus. Okay. And I'm not saying you should have a faith or a religious faith or anything like that. I'm just talking about meaning and faith in a wider context. Okay. It's never going to provide all meaning. You know, it's just you getting fitter. Derek had been trying to find a basket for all his eggs and fitness wasn't about to provide it because he had lots, like all of us, lots of different meanings um, and, and needs. So meaning or excitement, how do we differentiate? You know, for Derek, meaning was synonymous with feeling excited. And excitement is really just another word for entertainment, isn't it? Once the excitement of the current meaning-making device wore off, so did his commitment to it. Excitement without responsibility can't provide a sense of meaning long-term. Indeed, as time passed, the latest focus never quite felt as meaningful as it had uh, appeared to be in the beginning, as it assumed it would be or hoped it would be. He would find rationales to explain why he was losing interest, you know, why it really wasn't the right path for him after all. But he couldn't quite see the wider problem. You know, he was fitting from one thing to the next in an ineffective search for meaning. That was the bigger pattern at play here. It wasn't necessarily Derek's approach that was misaligned, but the different dietary or fitness or political creeds he kept attaching to. That was his take on it anyway. If I can just live here or do that, then the hole in my heart where a sense of meaning should be will be gloriously and eternally filled. That was his kind of unconscious assumption, it seemed. He was trying to worship idols that didn't have the qualities of gods. Okay, so where we try to draw our meaning from have big uh, consequences for the quality and course of our lives. So you become the fittest man or woman alive, okay? Then what? Okay, what happens then? We can find meaning or we can make it, okay? We can glean it from different sources or we can find it mainly in one place. And it's a byproduct of meeting our emotional needs. But we can also fabricate it from something that doesn't really supply it well or for a long time or widely enough. So what is this meaningful experience that so many people seem to be searching for? What does it feel like to have a sense of extreme meaning? Okay. When you have a sense of meaning, you feel galvanized, you feel energized. Life seems different. It's cold, you're tired, you've been invited to a party that you'd like to attend, it's raining, it's too early in the morning to get you self out of bed, okay? None of that matters. Doesn't matter at all because you are serving something more important than any of that. And so suddenly you gain this kind of superpower because you're serving such an important me uh, meaning in your life. You have something to do and circumstances and, and perhaps other people depend on you. The something to do is more important than any of these lower considerations. And that's a wonderful feeling, okay? A wider sense of meaning stops us being simply a bloated bag of appetites blown around by our immediate and fluctuating whims. Okay, it gives us a sense of power okay, and certainty. People who procrastinate may tell you that the thing that they're not doing is really meaningful to them, but words are not actions. 
okay. Yeah, this is re I'm really passionate about this. That's a cliche, isn't it? Or you know, this is really meaningful to me, to me. Okay, well, don't say that. Demonstrate that. Okay. And we should watch what people do as well as listen to what they say. We learn what others and ourselves are like by seeing what they and we actually do in life. Okay. So we think about serving a higher need. Meaning makes you feel not that you don't matter at all, but rather that the meaning you serve is of a greater importance, at least in the moment, which is why people will put themselves in harm's way um, to protect their children, because the meaning of the children's lives momentarily is more important to them than the, the meaning of their own lives. Meaning also helps you feel integral to the responsibility of serving that meaning. So we need meaning, and we, when we don't find it, we make it if we can. And how we make it can cause problems. We can find meaning in family, friends, work, creative challenges, and si serving a wider purpose. And we may be encouraged subconsciously to find meaning from material products, but that's akin to trying to fill up a bucket with a bucket-sized hole in it. Okay. A sense of meaning doesn't eliminate suffering, but it can contextualize it. You know, learning uh, generates meaning, and so does truth-seeking. And meaning and personal comfort don't necessarily track alongside one another. But there's another problem, perhaps larger than incessant materialism. Okay. Nothing really matters. Okay. This is the sentiment behind the kind of rise of postmodern relativism. Okay in which it's believed there are no truths but only perspectives, you know, uh, may have led... And this kind of widespreadness of this idea, even if people haven't heard of it, but it's maybe in the culture, may have led to less fulfilment of the need for meaning, of course. Because if nothing matters, then where's the meaning? You know, there's such an, it's such an embedded idea that it may even seem absurd to point it out, um, or to point out that it is just an idea, in itself, and it's not a reflection of how reality works. Okay? It's kind of religion in itself. If there are no ultimate meanings, then why bother? You know, if everything is just a social construct, and the meaning of bad actions is no different from the meaning of good actions, then it matters not what you do, or what you don't do, or what you don't take responsibility for. But without a strong sense of meaning, which comes from making value judgments, having challenges and rising to them, uh, having standards, meeting your needs in balance, and having a sense that you're serving some greater truth, or at least trying to, life feels pointless. A circular trudge rather than an exciting and fulfilling journey, just going round and round in circles of meaninglessness. Now, what I've tried to do in this series on the dark side of your emotional needs is I've tried to illustrate how thwarted and disastrously diverted primal emotional needs can be for people. How trying to meet needs blindly, or from negative sources, can have terrible consequences. You know, being so thirsty that you'll even drink engine oil happens all the time on the emotional level. You know, we have a missing need and we'll try to meet it any way we can. We don't even know we're trying to meet it consciously, perhaps, if we don't understand our emotional needs. And we've looked at how the need for attention can become so great that clients will even try to meet it in ways that emotionally poison them. Okay, we've seen how 
the needs for a sense of control, status, intimacy, challenge, connection and safety can, when the need is met desperately and blindly, lead to some terrible places indeed. And we've also seen how the thwarted and misplaced drive to meet the needs of the mind-body system can make us mad and sad. But inevitably, because meeting needs produces the all-important sense of meaning, I've talked about meaning before, okay, when I've been talking about these other needs. The meaning for me in writing this series, and now delivering it, is that so many people still seem unaware of how forcefully their unconscious drives to meet these needs affect them, okay, and determine and dictate their lives in many cases. And also how, without this self-knowledge, we can assume we're doing one thing by really simply trying to meet a basic emotional need. Uh, you know, that might be better met in some other area, okay. Now here are a few ways in which the need for meaning can be subverted badly and damage your clients and loved ones' lives. Now, sometimes you hear the sentiment, but it seems so much to me, okay. Relationships matter and provide more meaning than wealth alone. And this has been studied and found scientifically that it's relationships that make us happier and provide meaning for us more than purely wealth. Okay. People seem keener to escape smoking because they appreciate how it might drag them through the gates of death away from time on earth spent with loved ones than because they want to save money, for example. Okay. Relationships matter and provide meaning. But if someone gets all their meaning from romantic relationships, then because of the uh, vicissitudinal nature of relationships, they may be cruising for an emotional bruising. You know, if having a relationship is to them the ultimate meaning, then different things can go wrong for the person. Maybe they become um, so focused or over-focused on the relationship that they start to over-monitor it. Okay, we see this happening a lot. Um, if all their meaning is derived from this one area, they may become insecure and needy to the point of destroying the only source of their meaning. Okay. Paradoxically, they're destroying some, the, the very thing that's the most important thing to them, okay, or the only important thing to them. Deriving all meaning from just one other person or just one area of life can be as bad as trying to derive it through pure focus on the self. Okay. So, is the client, is the person um, trying to meet all their meaning in one place? And does that make them vulnerable and too desperate? Looking for meaning in the wrong places can cause us terrible problems. If responsibility is lacking and we place all meaning and importance on the self and the fulfillment of its wants, this may never feel meaningful enough because that's not how meaning works. Remember Derek, flitting from one new enthusiasm to another but never to one that helped the wider community. And of course, sometimes what should, because it concerns the welfare of others, be meaningful to us, is squeezed out by what we might call trivial areas of life. Okay, So neglecting more meaningful parts of life in favour of distractions can be a real problem for people. Some people may derive their primary sense of meaning from a source that doesn't really nourish them or other people. So one client's greatest meaning was met through the uh, fortunes of his chosen sports team. Uh, another client uh, derived all his meaning, or a lot of his meaning, 
from a computer game, okay, which he played incessantly. And the problem was that he was neglecting other, more truly meaningful parts of his life, his wife and children and work. Okay. And he wasn't really feeling fulfilled by that meaning seeming to be met in that way. And lastly, because meaning is such an overarching need, some of us may glean it from a malevolent, parasitic or even deadly source, especially when we're desperate for the life-transforming effective meaning. You know, it can feel um, supremely seductive and uh, intoxicating to suddenly feel that life has taken on new meaning. But the price can sometimes be too high. We may be abused by the person we're in that meaningful relationship with, you know, abused in some way or manipulated by them. If we invest so much meaning in it that the abuse becomes the price we feel we have to pay to make our lives feel meaningful. The um, Jim Jones cult provided those starved for meaning with plenty of meaning in the, in the early days. You know, they were going to help save the world. What greater meaning could there be? But the price they had to pay eventually for joining the cult and suddenly ha having a very meaningful existence, one that felt meaningful, uh, was plenty of abuse and eventually for 800 or so of them, uh, death. ISIS and Nazism and communism and David Koresh's cult at Waco and drugs and alcohol and the game of Russian roulette have all provided uh, meaning or a sense of meaning for people, but also destruction. Okay, like the moth going towards the flame. Okay, when we're starving, unless we understand the nature of real food, we may eat anything, even poison, because it seems to promise the fulfillment of a very need, uh, genuine need that we have. I think humanity, perhaps more than ever, needs to truly and clearly understand its own needs, not just to avoid catastrophe, but to fulfill our vast potential. We need to understand ourselves and others so that we can work together for the real betterment of all of us. Now, I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk.com slash blog. That's unk.com slash blog.